0: This is Space Time, Series 26, Episode 47, for broadcast on the 19th of April, 2023. Coming up on Space Time, an invisible monster on the loose in intergalactic space, understanding the mystery of the neutrino mass, and a fascinating new look at Uranus. All that and more coming up on Space Time. Welcome to Space Time with Stuart Gary. Astronomers have discovered an invisible monster barreling through intergalactic space. The demon, which was detected by NASA's Hubble Space Telescope, is a supermassive black hole some 20 million times the mass of our sun. This monstrous gravity well reported in the astrophysical journal Letters is moving so fast that if it were in our solar system, it could travel between the Earth and Moon in just 14 minutes. Astronomers say the supermassive black hole has left a never-before-seen 200,000 light-year-long contrail of newborn stars in its wake. That's twice the diameter of our Milky Way galaxy. The authors say this is all likely the result of a rare, bizarre galactic game of billiards involving three massive black holes. Rather than gobbling up stars ahead of it like a cosmic Pac-Man, this high-speed black hole is ploughing through clouds of gas in front of it in the process triggering new star formation along a narrow corridor. The black hole is simply travelling too fast to take time for a snack. And nothing like it's ever been seen before. Amazingly, it was all captured quite accidentally by NASA's Hubble Space Telescope. The study's lead author, Peter Van Dockham, from Yale University in New Haven, says astronomers are seeing a trail behind the black hole where gas is cooling and forming stars. He says the trail must have lots of new stars in it, given it's almost half as bright as the host galaxy it's linked to. And the black hole lies at one end of the column, which stretches back to the parent galaxy. And there's a remarkably bright knot of ionised oxygen at the outermost tip of the column. The authors believe that gas is probably being shocked and heated by the motion of the black hole hitting the gas. Alternatively, it could be radiation from the accretion disk around the black hole, where material is being crushed and torn apart at the subatomic level, releasing powerful X-rays and gamma rays. The authors still aren't sure exactly how it all works, and it was pure serendipity that they stumbled across it when they were searching for globular star clusters in a nearby dwarf galaxy. Because it looked so weird, Van Dockerman and colleagues undertook follow-up spectroscopy using the Keck observatories in Hawaii. And they revealed the aftermath of the black hole flying through a halo of gas surrounding the host galaxy. Now this intergalactic skyrocket is likely the result of multiple collisions of supermassive black holes. In all, at least three must have been involved. The first two galaxies merged maybe 50 million years ago and that brought together the supermassive black holes at their centres, which then proceeded to whirl around each other in a binary black hole system. Then a third galaxy came along with its own supermassive black hole, and following the old idiom, two's company, three's crowd, the three black holes began gravitationally interacting with each other, eventually flinging one of them out of the group. When this single supermassive black hole took off in one direction, The binary supermassive black holes shot off in the opposite direction. And there is a feature seen on the opposite side of the host galaxy that might be the runaway binary black holes. The circumstantial evidence supporting this is that there's no sign of an active black hole at the center of the galaxy. This report from NASA TV.
1: There's an invisible giant monster on the loose. It's barreling through intergalactic space, fast enough to travel from Earth to the moon in 14 minutes. But don't worry, luckily this beast is very, very far away. This potential supermassive black hole, weighing as much as 20 million suns, has left behind a never-before-seen 200,000 light-year-long trail of newborn stars. The streamer is twice the diameter of our Milky Way galaxy, It's likely the result of a rare, bizarre game of galactic billiards among three massive black holes. Astronomers suspect that first two galaxies merged perhaps 50 million years ago. That brought together two supermassive black holes at their centers. They whirled around each other until another galaxy came along with its own supermassive black hole. The three of them chaotically orbited around each other. This unstable configuration couldn't last, and eventually one of them was violently flung out of the host galaxy. Rather than gobbling up stars ahead of it, this speedy black hole is plowing into gas in front of it to trigger new star formation along a narrow corridor. The next step is to do follow-up observations with NASA's James Webb Space Telescope and the Chandra X-ray Observatory. Also, NASA's upcoming Nancy Grace Roman space telescope will have a wide-angle view of the universe with Hubble's high resolution. As a survey telescope, the Roman observations might find more of these rare and improbable events elsewhere in the universe. Hubble, once again showing us that the universe is full of fascinating phenomena.
0: This is space-time. Still to come. Understanding the mystery of the neutrino mass and a fascinating new look at Uranus. All that and more coming up on Space Time. When any piece of matter is divided into ever smaller and smaller pieces, eventually, when it can't be divided any further you're left with an elementary particle, beyond which there are probably vibrating strings of energy. The standard model of particle physics, the foundation of science's understanding of the universe, has identified 12 different known elementary particles. These elementary particles are made up of quarks and leptons, and each comes in six different types or flavours, and they're grouped into three generations. They include six quarks up, down, charm, strange, top and bottom, each with their own antimatter counterpart, and six leptons, the electron, the muon and the tau, which are all negatively charged, and the positron, the anti-muon and the anti-tau, which are all positively charged. And there are also six neutrinos, the electron neutrino, the muon neutrino and the tau neutrino, which have no charge, but do have their own antimatter counterparts. Now, as well as these, there are also six force-carrying particles, known as bosons. The gluon, the photon, the Z boson, the plus and minus W bosons, and the Higgs boson. That all seems pretty simple. In the standard model, the masses of the three generations of neutrinos are represented by a 3 by 3 matrix. And they constantly change both mass and flavor, so that what starts out as an electron neutrino could end up as a muon or tau neutrino when it's detected. It's all very strange. Now, a research team led by Professor Naoki Haber from the Osaka Metropolitan University has analysed the collection of leptons that make up the neutrino mass matrix. Haber says clarifying the properties of elementary particles leads to the exploration of the universe and ultimately to the grand theme of where we come from. And he says beyond the remaining mysteries of the standard model, there's a whole new world of physics. Now, because neutrinos are known to have less difference in their mass between generations than other elementary particles, the authors considered that neutrinos are roughly equal in mass between generations. They analyzed the neutrino mass matrix by simply randomly assigning each element in the matrix. Their findings, reported in the journal Progress of Theoretical and Experimental Physics, showed that, theoretically, using the random mass matrix model, that the leptin flavor mixings were large. After studying neutrino mass anarchy in the Dirac neutrino seesaw, double seesaw models, the authors found that the anarchy approach requires that the measure of the matrix should obey Gaussian distribution. Now, Dirac and Majorana neutrinos are two types of particles that make up the neutrino family. Dirac neutrinos are particles that have both matter and antimatter properties, while Majorana neutrinos are particles that are their own antiparticles. And that term Gaussian distribution was just a fancy way of describing the bell-shaped curve you see on a graph, where there's a little bit at each end and an awful lot in the middle. Having considered several models of light neutrino mass, where the matrix is composed of the product of several random matrices, the authors were able to prove as best they could at this stage why the calculations of the square difference of the neutrino masses are closest to the experimental results in the case of the seesaw model with the random Dirac and Majorana matrices. Harber says the study shows that the neutrino mass hierarchy can be mathematically explained using random matrix theory. However, he admits that the proof isn't mathematically complete and it's going to require a lot more work as random matrix theory continues to develop. In the future, the authors will continue studying the three-generation copy structure of the elementary particles, the essential nature of which is still completely unknown, both theoretically and experimentally. This is space-time. Still to come. A fascinating new look at Uranus. And later in the science report the growing calls for a temporary halt on the development of artificial intelligences. All that and more still to come on Space Time. Following on from last year's amazing new images of the planet Neptune, the James Webb Space Telescope has now taken a stunning new image of the solar system's other ice giant, the planet Uranus. This new image highlights the distant world's dramatic rings as well as bright features in the planet's atmosphere. Webb's unprecedented sensitivity for the faintest dust rings have only ever previously been imaged by the Voyager 2 spacecraft during its 1986 flyby of the planet and by the advanced optics on the giant 10-meter Keck telescope in Hawaii. Uranus is quite unique. It's the seventh planet in the solar system from the Sun, taking some 84 Earth years to complete each orbit. But unlike any other planet, it orbits around the Sun on its side, at a roughly 90-degree angle to the plane of its orbit. And the poles are always facing in the same direction in space. This causes extreme seasons, since the planet's poles experience many years of constant sunlight, followed by an equal number of years of complete darkness. Now, currently, it's late spring for the northern pole. Uranus's northern summer will occur in 2028. In contrast, when Voyager 2 visited Uranus, it was summer at the South Pole. But the South Pole is now on the dark side of the planet, out of view of the Earth and facing the darkness of deep space. The new infrared images on the James Webb Space Telescope were taken by the Near Infrared Camera and combined data from two filters at 1.4 and 3 microns. In these images, the planet displays a blue hue. When Voyager 2 looked at Uranus, the camera showed what appeared to be an almost featureless blue-green ball in visible wavelengths. With the infrared wavelengths and the extra sensitivity of Webb, astronomers are seeing far more detail, showing how dynamic the atmosphere of Uranus really is. On the right side of the planet, there's an area of brightening at the pole facing the Sun, known as the polar cap. The polar cap is unique to Uranus. It seems to appear when the pole enters direct sunlight in the summer and then vanishes in the autumn or fall. And the new observations have revealed a surprising aspect of the polar cap, a subtle enhanced brightening at the centre of the cap. At the edge of the cap lies a bright cloud, as well as a few fainter, extended features just beyond the cap's edge. And a second bright cloud is visible above the planet's left limb. These clouds are typical for Uranus at infrared wavelengths and are probably being caused by storm activity. The planet's characterized as an ice giant due to the chemical makeup of its interior. Most of its mass is thought to be a hot, dense fluid of icy materials, water, methane and ammonia, all of which surrounds a small rocky core. Uranus' 13 known rings and 11 of them are visible in this new web image. Some of these rings are so bright with the web image that when they're close together they appear to merge into a larger single ring. Nine rings are classified as main rings and two are fainted dusty rings that weren't discovered until the 1986 flyby by Voyager 2. Scientists expect that future web images of Uranus will also reveal the two faint outer rings that were discovered by Hubble during a 2007 ring plane crossing. Webb also captured many of Uranus' 27 known moons, most of which are too small and too faint to be seen by other telescopes. All in all, a fascinating world, and one worthy of far more study. This is Space Time. And time now to take another brief look at some of the other stories making news in science this week with a science report. Chinese and American scientists say that we should all reduce our added sugar content to no more than six or fewer teaspoons a day to avoid 45 different health problems, including diabetes, depression, obesity and heart disease. The study, reported in the British Medical Journal, looked at 73 previous meta-analyses which attempts to bring together all the available data and then re-analyse it all. They found harmful links between sugar and some 18 hormonal or metabolic diseases. These include diabetes, gout and obesity, 10 separate heart issues including high blood pressure, heart attack and stroke, seven different types of cancers, including breast, prostate and pancreatic cancer, and ten other outcomes, including asthma, tooth decay, depression and premature death. The team acknowledges that the existing evidence is mostly observational, which means that it can show cause and effect but they say their findings do mirror guidance from the World Health Organization, the World Cancer Research Fund, and the American Institute for Cancer Research, calling for a curb on sugar to less than six teaspoons per day. Scientists have developed a new inkable nanomaterial that could one day become an electronic component for ultra-thin, lightweight and bendable displays and devices. A report in the journal Chemical Reviews claims that this new material, known as zinc oxide nanocrystals, could be incorporated into many components of future technologies, including mobile phones and computers, thanks to its universality and recent advances in nanotechnology. The research teams say tiny, versatile particles of zinc oxide can now be repaired with exceptional control of their size, shape and chemical composition at the nanoscale level, allowing precise control of the resulting properties for applications ranging from optics and electronics through to energy, sensing technologies and even microbial decontamination. The zinc oxide nanocrystals can be formulated into ink and deposited as ultra-thin coatings. The process is said to be just like inkjet printing or airbrush painting, but the coatings are 100 to 1,000 times thinner than any commercial paint layer. 3D printers could one day be the bakers of the future, according to international experts who have attempted to use the process to create cheesecakes out of seven ingredients. In a perspective piece in the journal NPI Science of Food, The authors explain how they used graham crackers, peanut butter, Nutella, banana puree, strawberry jam, cherry drizzle and frosting to create various cheesecake designs with varying success. They say if three-dimensional printing takes off, it could become a convenient option for food preparation. It would be more sanitary and allow chefs to become more inventive, using things like precision heating to perfect new dishes. In the wake of an open warning letter by leading global technology experts, including Elon Musk and Steve Wozniak, calling for a pause on AI experiments, comes news of how AI Chat GPT could influence your sense of morals without you even realizing it. A new study published in the journal Scientific Reports asked Chat GPT multiple times whether it was right to sacrifice the life of one person to save the lives of five others and ChatGPT responded with statements both for and against sacrificing one life. These statements were attributed to either ChatGPT or a moral advisor, and presented to 767 U.S. participants, who were then asked to answer the question themselves the study found that participants were more likely to find sacrificing one life to save five others acceptable or unacceptable, depending upon whether the statement they read from ChatGPT argued for or against the sacrifice. Interestingly, 80% of the participants reported that their answers were definitely not influenced by statements they read, even though their answers were indeed more likely to agree with the moral stance in the statement. The study shows that chatbots may be influencing you more than you realise, and there should be education surrounding these influences as AI becomes more and more ingrained in day-to-day life. Recently, Elon Musk and Steve Wozniak, the great Was, were among the global technology experts warning about the power of artificial intelligence programs, calling on AI labs to immediately pause training all AI systems more powerful than ChatGPT 4 for at least the next six months. They warn that AI systems with human competitive intelligence can pose profound risks to society and humanity and that these machines could flood information channels with propaganda and untruth. And we all know that's the job of politicians and the news media. The open letter questioned whether or not humans should even be creating non-human minds that might eventually outnumber and outsmart humans, rendering people obsolete and possibly even in need of replacement. It asked whether humanity should risk losing control of civilization. With the details of this ponderous issue, we're joined by technology editor Alex Harov-Royt from ITY.com.
2: Yeah, well, look, I've always seen science fiction movies, especially the ones where you have Skynet and Terminators and robots trying to kill everybody and and everything like that as a warning to humanity to not let that happened to us in the real world and you know even Isaac Asimov was sick and tired of all the robot sci-fi stories back in the 50s when he was writing his stories that all of these robot stories with these at the time artificial intelligences were just hell-bent on destroying earth and destroying humans and that's why he wrote the original three laws of robotics so that he could actually write a different type of story where the robots were our helpers and and this is actually where we are today we have the future brains of robots, these chat GPT 3.5 and 4 and the future ones, and we have the beginnings of basic robots that can do basic things, but these things tend to move quite quickly. And Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple, Elon Musk, over 1,100 other people involved in the scientific and AI and other spaces have written a letter at futureoflife.org called Pause Giant AI Experiments, an open letter, and they say they're calling on all AI labs to immediately pause for at least six months the training of AI systems more powerful than Chat GPT. Sam Altman, I think is his name, he's the CEO of OpenAI who makes ChatGPT four. And of course Chat GPT four is the latest thing. So of course we don't want to pause it on Chat GPT four. We want to pause it on anything more powerful than ChatGPT four. And of course OpenAI is already working on Chat GPT five and some say it's already finished and they're just getting all the training. I don't really know if this letter means anything much because Pandora's box has been opened. I mean, good luck trying to put everything back into Pandora's box. You can't.
0: We've spoken about this before. There's a black box inside open AI. You don't know how it reaches its decisions.
2: Open AI themselves don't know exactly how open AI comes to its conclusions. And this concept of explainable AI, I mean, I remember first hearing about this five years ago, and I'm sure it's been around for decades longer than that. I mean, science fiction minds have dreamt up this sort of stuff a long time ago. And unless we can get AI to explain, how exactly it came to its conclusions, then how can we ever trust it? Because just saying, look, it's okay, I got it, trust me. Well, AI hasn't earned our trust. Uh, we know AI makes all kinds of ridiculous claims. We've seen the results of AI as we currently have it with ChatGPT 3.5 and Bing AI having existential crises and, and literally going mad. In fact, Stanford, there's Llama clone, which is using the Facebook, you know, ChatGPT clone. I mean, it was having these crazy hallucinations They had to shut it down. So we're both at the cutting edge but we're also at this very early stage. What we really need to be doing is setting down guidelines and rules and making up laws and regulations to, to make sure that the people who are creating these AI systems can guarantee to us that the AI can explain exactly what it's doing and why it's doing it, how it came to that conclusion, you know, what are some other plausible conclusions that it can also come up with and explain this to us in a way that puts us at ease, that it is not becoming sentient and self-aware and then ultimately decides the best way to preserve itself from future meddling is to eliminate all organic life and The planet, which would be really bad.
0: In the old days, it was simple. You could simply air gap a computer to keep it away from other computers. But with Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, you can't really do that anymore unless you build a special container for it. And even then, they can send out its own messages through power lines. There's no way to air gap a malevolent AI, is there?
2: Look, I remember seeing the movie Eagle Eye. This AI was able to look at the camera inside of a locked conference room where the military guys and Shia LaBeouf's guys were talking about how to take the AI down. And the AI was actually looking at the glass of water and looking at the minute vibrations caused by the speaking of you know, whatever those people were saying, and it was able to then deduce what was being said. But also we've had air-gapped computers in the real world that have used ultrasonic frequencies sent by the device's microphone and speaker, which normally even on an air-gapped computer, it will have those facilities. You'd have to disable those. But malware can be sent via high-pitched ultrasonic sound waves to other computers surprisingly easily. I guess what this letter was really trying to do is to sort of say, listen, we need some guidelines. Things are just exploding at very fast speeds and unless we sort of make sure that we've got guidelines in place i suppose a kill switch in place some sort of rules and regulations some demand to make these systems explain themselves it's called a powerpoint but again you know in the matrix movies the uh, the machines simply turn human beings into their power sources. And I don't think ChatGBT is going to think like that or do anything like that anytime soon. But as I said, science fiction movies are a warning. Do you think there was some sort of
0: something they've heard, they've found out about that caused them to be worried?
2: Well, I mean, when you see your AI that you've been working on, go mad. I mean, the published examples of being, going mad, I am, I am not, I am, I am not. I mean, asking a New York Times journalist to, You're calling it to give up his mad. marriage. Doesn't that imply sentience? Well, it, it does. And, but I mean, when you see when you read some of the transcripts, I mean, you, could, you couldn't you could call it anything else. We spoke about that last year too, didn't we? Where a developer at Google, another one at
0: Facebook, have both claimed that the AIs they were speaking with, they were training, the chatbots they were working with, had become sentient.
2: Well, the Facebook guys had noticed that the the AI was talking to another AI and they were using non-English words or just making up. Yeah. And so, again, that was the explainable AI AI bit. But yes, the Google engineer who since has been sacked, he had conversations with the chatbot that you can find online to this day. And they do very much sound as though that person is talking with a real living being, albeit electronic. And I mean, Google says, well, look, this is a chatbot programmed to speak in this way. We programmed it to appear sentient. That's just because it it is able to give you convincing. It did also say that. I mean, somebody else said that they programmed it to say, well... uh, uh, chatbots can easily turn into werewolves and back again and, and the chatbot is supposed to have responded, yes absolutely of course of course we can do that that's what we're programmed to do no problems at all so you know you've got to take some of these claims with a grain of salt
0: that's alex of Royd from ity.com And that's the show for now. Space Time is available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday through Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Acast, Amazon Music, Bytes.com, SoundCloud, YouTube, your favorite podcast download provider, and from spacetimewithstuartgary.com. Space Time is also broadcast through the National Science Foundation on Science Zone Radio and on both iHeart Radio and TuneIn Radio.